Hi folks, Rick here. Just a quick caveat. Uh, my mixer was dying at the time when we recorded this show, and I was unaware of it, and so some of my audio quality is pretty crappy, and I apologize for that. Uh, Scott did an excellent job in compensating for it. There's a little bit of, of really nastiness at the beginning, but then it, it clears up pretty quickly. Uh, so I apologize, and hopefully this won't happen again in the future. Enjoy the show. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply Syndicated Federation. For more great shows like these, visit us at simplysyndicated.com. It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, 20 years after the tale of the Shadow War. This is the story of the last of the Babylon stations. The year is 2013. The name of the podcast is White Star 5. I'm not going to give. I'm, I'm not going to give my co-host any time to uh, prepare for it. I'm just jumping right in. We are back with another episode of White Star Five, the Internet's flagship podcast discussing Babylon Five. Uh, it's episode number. Who cares? It has been who knows how long since the last episode. This is the sort of thing that happens. Things things go down. You can't plan for it. Magnets. You can't explain it. It's White Star Five. Just go with it. We like doing it. You like listening. Who needs to make it more complex than that? I am Scott. I am your host here for this uh, long-awaited episode. Not just because it's been a long time. Stop giving me a hard time for it, okay? I work hard. I have things happening. No, this is a long-awaited episode because we have been planning and uh, working and building to this one for quite some time. I think this was mentioned in our first episode, the topic that we're doing. And we have made it. We're finally here, and it's going to be a good one, and bring in most of the, what do the kids call it these days, uh, uh, Kool-Aid. Bring in most of the Kool-Aid to this episode. I'm never going to say that again. I have my usual co-host back once again, Rick. How are you? We believe that the universe itself is conscious in a way that we can never truly understand it. It is engaged in a search for meaning, so it breaks itself apart, investing its own consciousness in every form of life. We are the universe trying to understand itself. You see, I was trying to be all light and funny and wacky, and he brings the serious. That's what he's for. Hi! <laughs> How's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. I, I wanted to use the uh, the the... Uh, no human captain has ever survived a battle with a Mimbari fleet, but I couldn't remember if I'd done it already. I, I think you may have. I think so, because it's one of my favorite lines from all of Babylon 5, let alone just from Delenn. Right. And considering the topic, it would have still worked. We would have forgiven you a repeat, but that one also, one of the, I, when I think of the character of Delenn, the quote that you just gave is usually uh, one of the one of the first that come to mind. That that's why I chose it. It's much more Delenn than the other one. Although it's, it, I love it when she gets all kick ass. I get kind of feeling funny, like when we climb the rope in gym class. Swing, swing. If anyone out there has not quite figured it out, uh, this episode we will be discussing um, the actress Mira Furlan and the character whom she played on Babylon Five, that of the Minbari ambassador Delenn. There's no denying that the cast of Babylon 5 uh, 
pretty much top to bottom was very impressive. Now I know Rick may have some issues with, you know, the <clears throat> star of the show from first season, but you know, he he doesn't know everything. He can make mistakes. Michael O'Hare was brilliant. I'll say it. I don't have a problem saying it. Rick may think that he that he sucks, and uh, he may have thrown a party when the actor passed away. Ooh, too far. No, Went too far. Went no, too far. Uh, no. Uh, t- today, though, we are taking one of the most impressive performers from the show, and we're going to put the spotlight on them uh, and learn not just a little more about the character, but we're going to learn a lot more about the actress. And it's been my experience. Rick, tell me if you've had this experience as well, that most people that consider themselves fans of Babylon five still can't, uh, so this is going to get cut out. (laughs) Still can't tell you a whole lot about, uh, Mira Ferlin. Uh, outside of, oh, she played Delenn. That's about all they got. Some people might be able to uh, add to that. Oh, and she was on Lost for a minute. But other than that, they don't really know anything about the actress. Is that something that you have experienced as well? I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't had many conversations about about her with folks outside of you and I. Um, so I'm not entirely sure. I will say this. Uh, way back... Oh, geez. Uh, let's say somewhere around 2003 or four, uh, I decided to do some, some uh, you know, when I was really getting into Babylon 5, I decided to look her up uh, and find out more about her because I was so intrigued by her. And she used to have a website that had uh, her, like, uh, she had written. I, re- I remembered it was it was one of those lovely... Uh, it was gray background with pink lettering, which was kind of annoying, but um, it was you know it was clear that she had created her created it herself. Uh, this was before she showed up on Lost, and uh, she had her full bio there. It told a lot more about her background uh, and and the the struggles she's been through that we'll we'll discuss shortly. Since we've talked, since we've started this podcast, uh, and we talked, you know, one of the first things we talked about before we even recorded episode one was that we wanted to do an episode about the individual actors, and Mira Furline was top of the list. And uh, so I've been trying to find that website, and it's gone. And the, the official Mira Furlan website, which is miraferlan.net, uh, hasn't been updated since 2012. The bio information on it is less than a paragraph, and it's the same thing you'll find on IMDb and just about every other website about her. And it's very generic. It's just that she emigrated from Croatia in 1991 and has been working in the United States ever since, and that's about it. And there's so much more to her story. Uh, and yesterday, uh, as I was doing some, just trying to refresh my, my memory on her, I, I had to dig, I mean, I had to go to page 10 of my Google search results on Mira Furland to find what I found. What? Uh, it's almost like someone made a conscious effort to scrub her from the internet in anything other than the most superficial way. And I don't know why. I don't, you know, I haven't found any... I mean, it, it's, it's not like her personal information is out there, so I don't really see what the point is of it. You know, the, and the internet is not something that forgets, so... It takes a conscious effort to remove information like that, and I have you know, I, I have no idea why or if it if it happened that way, 
but it's real hard to find details on her uh, on her personal life on on her history. I, I am as stumped as you as to how that sort of thing could happen, especially with as you said, the internet never forgets, and especially if we're talking about a science fiction franchise, someone who's connected with that in such in such a a big way. You would think that there would be a lot more available about the actor, but to find almost nothing that that is strange. Were you able to find anything uh, first, anything more about her in your ten pages deep Google search, and any indication as to why it's so hard to find? Well, I, I found enough to remind me of what it uh, what it was I had read before, um, so I can I can fill in the details uh, uh, well to some extent. Um, and and the thing is, I I uh, I'm not going to say that all of my love for Babylon Five comes from my affection for the character of Delenn, uh, but I would say that it's probably eighty percent Delenn, and then uh, the rest is Jakar and, and Malari and and Garibaldi and the rest. But um, you know I've I you know ever since. Star Wars came out, and I had a crush on Princess Leia. I'm a sucker for, you know, the the, the strong female characters in in uh, you know my genre fiction shows, and I think Delenn was one of the best written and best performed, and also you know accents drive me crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm I'm a sucker for a gorgeous woman with an accent, and Mira Furman just ticks every box. So <laughs> she. She absolutely does, um, uh, as you say, tick every box. She was such, not only such a, a strong character presence throughout the entirety of the series, with very little time spent away from her. Other characters in the show, you know, they would they would be a presence and they would be part of the uh, either individual episode story arc or the ongoing story. But then there would be several episodes where the focus was on other people and certain characters like Jakar or uh, uh, Lita, Talia, Ivanova. They would be seen very little, if at all, for several episodes. But then they would come back and and we'd see more of them. Delenn was almost never out of the spotlight. And and there's something to be said for the... Uh, the actors that could do that, and you don't get tired of seeing them so much with such a large cast. Well, let me go ahead and, and give talk to you, uh, dear listeners, wonderful listeners, beautiful listeners. Did you know you're looking really nice today? You should be proud of how you look today. Uh, you know, take a moment to look up in your rearview mirror, or you know, in your in the, the you know, look in your computer screen if you got some glare or reflection. You look fantastic. I just want to say that. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> Never let it be said that I don't pander to our listeners. Uh, can I come by and give you a massage sometime? Anytime. Just let me know. Um, they like it when you call them sluts. <laughs> no, 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 no. God damn it. Don't do that. <laughs> we don't want to go down that road again. <laughs> so anyway, Mira Furlan, who is a lovely woman who was born in 1955, uh, which makes her only four years older than me, which, uh, wait, that's not right. Five years old. No. 10, 11 years older than me. No, nine. Math, I hate it. Let's move on. <laughs> By the way, just before we started recording, I had a wonderful coffee, hot cocoa, rum beverage. <laughs> so, 
uh, pardon me if uh, if I'm a little obscure. So anyway, she was born in Croatia in 1955, and she grew up, and uh, and this was when it was uh, part of Yugoslavia, which Yugoslavia no no longer is. Damn it! Take four. Mira Ferland. Born in 1955 in Croatia. Uh, she was a very popular actress in Croatia. I'm going to say actress. What the hell? Um, but uh, And she was quite popular and quite successful. And then war broke out uh, because Croatia uh, was under attack by the Serbian-controlled Yugoslav army. And in 1991, uh, and this is, this is where the details have disappeared from the internet, uh, there was an annual theater festival between a theater that she worked at in, uh, in Croatia and one that was in Serbia, in Belgrade, or Belgrade, or however it's pronounced. Uh, and she and her fellow thespians decided that they were not going to let war get in the way of art, and she traveled to Belgrade and performed there. Unfortunately, uh, far too many of her countrymen decided that this was a traitorous act, and she was uh, deluged with death threats. And... Uh, to the point where she and her husband, uh, Goran Gajic, I think is how his name is pronounced, uh, fled to the United States. And I, this is why I really wish that her telling of this story was still somewhere on the internet. Because just laying out the facts like this, it doesn't sound that uh, impressive. But the way she wrote it, the way she wrote about it on her former website was very, very moving. Uh, and very touching and frankly terrifying. Uh, you know, it wasn't just a matter of, you know, all of a sudden she became politically un- unpopular and had to leave. This was like family members and 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 friends of friends and, and you know, it, it was like if suddenly you went home and everybody that you cared about hated you and not just hated you, wanted to kill you. You know, it wasn't just a matter of, of let's go to America to find better job opportunities. It was, she was fleeing for her life and she didn't want to leave. And she, you know, she knew that what she was doing had its risks. Uh, but I think that the extent of it, uh, shocked even her. And so the details of how they got out of, uh, Croatia or Yugoslavia or whatever you want to call it at the time. Um, uh, are it, I, I would assume that it wasn't a you know it wasn't like trying to flee the the, the you know from behind the iron curtain or something but uh, you know they they literally just grabbed what they could and left for and 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 fled for their lives and they've been here ever since I I believe she's gone back once but I'm not entirely sure about that uh, but you know this wasn't this was exile this was leaving everything you love. Uh, everything that you've lived, you know, everywhere you've lived since you were, you know, since you were born, you know, I, and now I'll admit I'm, I've had a nomadic existence all my life. So I don't really understand. Well, I understand it. I don't relate to, you know, what it's like to leave your home because I've never really had one. Um, 
or I've had a lot of them, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I kind of, you know, the people that are with me are where I, what I consider home as opposed to like a place. Uh, but if you can relate it all to your ancestral home, a place where your family has been for, for generations and just having to leave it because you put humanitarianism and art above bullshit politics and stupid wars. Uh, I just, I, I admire her so much because of this story. Uh, and, and then, you know, she's just, she's been a working actor in the United States ever since, you know, Babylon five was her big thing. Uh, and you may know, you may know her from lost as well, but she's been on stage. She's been in all kinds of other things. She's been doing foreign language films. Uh, you know, she's just been busy and working and, and giving back. She hasn't just come over here and, and, and just, you know, you know, okay, I'm in the United States. I'll become decadent. She, she has been a force of, of hope for a lot of people. And I just, I, I, I really, really admire Mira Furlan as much as I love the character of Delenn. It, it's the kind of story that you wish, uh, was told not only about her more often, but it's a story that you, wish you you could hear about others more often not that you want others to be forced to leave their home and their history behind uh and start a new life elsewhere uh for that is a sad thing but to to hear of um of people of celebrities of performers who uh who care so deeply about the art that they're making that they will uh, create a whole new life just to be able to keep doing what it is that they love and doing what it is that they are best at. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, it, I you know, I you're an actor, and I'm a stage technician, uh, and I teach stage tech tech tech. <laughs> I teach technical theater, and I've been a theater person all my life. You know, since I was 16, which is close enough. Um, and when I found out that she, you know, essentially gave up her her life and her comfort and her and her her security for the art of theater, um, that that just floored me because I know. It, and let me explain something and i'm going to i'm going to pontificate here for a moment folks so i apologize if if you know if you want to fast forward over this go for it cuz i have no idea how long i'm going to go but, <laughs> but, but we we will shame you mercilessly if you fast forward <laughs> um theater is one of the most primal urges of human beings um i know that you know, when I told my grandparents that I was going to major in theater in college, I, I actually got the stereotypical, yeah, but what are you really going to do? Um, you know, I've tried to get out of theater many times, and I've always, I, I can't live in the quote-unquote normal world. Uh, you know, theater is my life. Theater is what I am. And I can relate so much to this because, you know, people go, oh, it's it's just theater. It's just stage. It's, you know, it's not important. But it is important. It's something we have always done. It's something we will always do. Uh, and the, the telling of stories, the relating of the human experience, the listening, the watching, the, ex- the, the, the feeling of something you may never, and, you know, in a lot of shows, thank your 
if you believe in a God, thank him every day that you will never feel some of the stuff that has to happen on stage or in the movies. You know, theater and movies are the, are the same as far as what they're trying to accomplish, and that is to get people to feel, get people to understand, get people to know, because there's no way you can experience everything that is humanly possible. But you can watch a movie or you can watch a play. And you can feel it, and you can know, and you can understand, and you can empathize. And she thought that that was more important than national boundaries or, you know, these people that I worked with last year, because they're on some other side of an imaginary line, are now supposed to be my enemies. She said, bullshit. We are actors. We are theater people. We are thespians. We are performers, and we are going to do our jobs regardless of what the idiot politicians are doing. And she lost so much because of that, and I respect the hell out of her for that. And even if, you know, even if I'd never seen Babylon 5 and I had heard her story, I would have been moved by it. But the fact that she could still do this silly little science fiction show, quote-unquote, uh, with such pathos and with such humor and with such honesty, despite all she lost, is just amazing to me. You know, I I, I don't I, I I'm not going to say I never get starstruck. You know, I've worked with a lot of stars, usually towards the end of their career when they come down to Florida, um, and some have been just folks. Some have been impressive. Some have been dicks. I don't know if, you know, I've always wanted to try to get an interview with Mira Furlan, but I've always been terrified she'd say yes. Because how can you possibly remain calm when talking to someone who's been through so much and yet is still just, you know, going to conventions and, and you know, writing her name on 8x10 glossy pictures? Uh, you know, or, or who will go and spend four hours in a makeup chair before talking at blue screens and doing it so goddamn well she's just amazing to me and i i don't have many heroes in this world but <laughs> I, you know if there was one mira Furline would be one and she I, I don't even know i you know i know nothing about her personality although from all the behind the scenes stuff i've seen from babylon 5 she seems like a really cool person um Although, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures of, like, the entire cast standing there flipping the camera the bird, and uh, the, the only one not doing it is her. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I suspect she's a very classy lady. Um, but uh, just, you know, she's all, she also seems to have a very big sense of humor. You know, watch any of the blooper reels. She's, she's cutting up as much as anybody else. Uh, but she's, you know, I, I, I relate to... Uh, Lanier so much in Babylon 5 because of his I you know I love you but I you you are just so far above me I don't even dare admit that I love you kind of thing uh, she is just one of those people that it, it's very easy to put her up on a pedestal I'm sure she's just a normal person when you get to you know if, if when you're around her every day but uh, you know if there's such a thing as hero worship in my life Mira Ferlin gets it and she deserves it this would have been the perfect moment for me to say, well, I'm glad you feel that way, because coming on the Skype call right now, Mira Furlan. But, unfortunately. Oh, 
<laughs> Unfortunately, I can't pull that off. However, I I get what you what you mean, um, and I I get what you're saying when you uh, describe how difficult it would be to conduct an interview with someone that you uh, look up to and respect so strongly. But at the same time, and uh, okay, readers, you're not readers, you're listening. (laughs) Readers use their eyes. Listeners use their ears. And Scott uses not his brain. (laughs) Listeners, just... Sit down for a second and relax, because I'm going to talk to Rick. Mommy and Daddy are going to have a chat. Just hang tight. Oh, wait a minute. Which one of us is Mommy? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Focus. (laughs) Focus, Rick. Sorry. Okay. I I do get it. I'm with you that it would be difficult. However, in my experience, in the podcasters that I've listened to, and I do not count... You know, celebrity podcasters like Kevin Pollack has a podcast. Penn Gillette of Penn and Teller has a podcast. Um, hey, Kevin it, Pollack has a podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I like him. It, it's called uh, Kevin Pollack's Chat Show. It, it's quite fun. Um, yeah, I'll remind you later. Look it up. But I, these are celebrities. They have, and you know, Adam Carolla. He has an entire network behind him, powered by celebrity money. So. That's that's on a whole nother level. But podcasts that are created by people who love the medium, people who want to create content and share it with the Internet, people who work a regular job and they do podcasting when they can get to it, they have not gotten um, major uh, corporate backing to make podcasting their job. That's different. But the people on our level, some can pull off celebrity interviews, some cannot. And from all the podcasting that I've listened to, and I've listened to quite a bit, if there's someone who could pull off an interview with Mira Furlan and do it well, and not just ask, so how was it wearing the, the Minbari bone crest every day? No, that's a silly question <laughs> that she gets way too often. The question's about who she really is. And what she brought to the role. You can do it. And I I think, listeners, this is the motivational speech that we're coming up to. Rick, I want you to reach out once again. Use all the connections and whatever uh, communications apparatus that you have at your disposal to put the word out and try to line up the interview. Hey, I can be a cynical, jaded bastard. So I will sit on this end at this microphone, and if you start babbling a little bit, then I'll just jump in with the... So, uh, Bruce Boxleitner, good kisser or what? <laughs> I'll break the tension, bring it back down, let you compose yourself, and then you can get back into the interview. Do it. I say do it. I don't say this as the host of White Star 5. I don't say this as... As, as your partner and co-creator of the show, I say this as a fan who wants the interview to happen. I say do it. Did you hear my interview with Marina Bakarin? You know, I don't think I did. 
When was that? It was, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe the second or third year of the Starbase, but it was a fucking train wreck. <laughs> I, I think that was before my time. I think that was before I, I uh, joined the world of podcasting, or at least before I started listening to the Starbase. Uh, now, my one of my coworkers at, at, at work, which would make him a coworker, obviously, um, went to college with her. And when I found that out, I was like, hey, can you, can you get me in? Are you still in touch with her? Can you get me an interview? And, uh, and he did. He got us a, 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 you know, she agreed to 15 minutes on the phone with us. This was back when, when the, re, the reboot of V was going on. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it may not be as bad as I think it was, but I haven't been able to go back and re-listen to it after we put it out. Uh, I, I feel like it was a disaster. <laughs> well, I've heard you describe uh, other podcasting works of yours in the same way, and then I listened to it, and I disagreed entirely. So, your opinion is invalid. You lose! Good day, <laughs> sir! <laughs> okay, well, thank you. <laughs> so, um... People may also know Mira Furlan from uh, before we talk in depth about her on uh, on Babylon Five. Uh, she was on Lost. And I only saw. A li- I didn't watch Lost. Uh, I did you watch Lost? I did not. I have not seen even a single episode, and it's doubly worse for me because I have family in that show, and I still never watched it. I have an uncle who was an extra on the show. It's not like, you know, I, I'm i related to the guy who played the flibbly-flu on... No, no. My uncle was an no. extra on multiple episodes of the show. Um, I remember seeing a shot uh, of him standing in line waiting to get on the plane behind, I don't know, uh, what's-his-face, uh, the big wide fella. Um, uh, he, he was next in line behind him with a perplexed look on his face. Uh, a look that he's very good at in the various roles he's played as an extra. Um, but no, even with having family on the show, I, I never watched it. Nor have I seen uh, his other appearances in Fifty First Dates, um, Nash Bridges, and more recently the um, uh, the the current reboot of Hawaii Five O. Is that still on the air? Uh, yes. But anyway, Mira Freeland was on Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> she played Danielle Russo, uh, and apparently she was eventually shot. I-, I watched like half of an episode just to see her. I just remember her looking angry and wearing a tank top. Um, and uh, she was shot and killed. Uh, and apparently, according to an interview with her husband, uh, she had requested that they write her out of the show because she was tired of living in Hawaii, uh, which may sound kind of petulant, um, but I've known people that have lived in Hawaii when I was in when I was in the Air Force. Uh, I knew a lot of people who had been stationed in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And while it's apparently a fun place to go and visit for a few days, living there kind of sucks. Uh, everything is very expensive. That I have heard. Um, and it's I mean, yes, it's a tropical paradise, but once you've done the beach and and stuff like that. There's kind of not a lot to do, mm-hmm. and and I've I've heard, it, you know, and it's it's real easy to go, hey, you, you know, you you were there and you didn't like it, you asshole. But no, I, I've heard it from enough people to know that it is. A, a, it even has a name. They call it Island Fever. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and so she requested to get out of the show. Uh, those of us, uh, those of us in the Midwest, uh, like myself looking out the window and seeing a whole bunch of snow can easily say, why would anyone ever want to leave Hawaii? But the uncle that I mentioned, who has been an extra on, on many shows, including lost is Hawaiian. Hmm. And guess who doesn't live in Hawaii anymore? <laughs> yeah. Him. Well, you know, it's a little tiny chain of islands way the fuck out in the Pacific Ocean. And so pretty much everything other than coconuts and macadamia nuts has to be imported mm-hmm. from the mainland. And so everything is is, is expensive. Um, you know, and if you're not a tourist, I, I, I believe me, I can attest to this, living in, in one of the country's biggest tourist traps. I live in Florida. And if you're not here on vacation, sometimes it can get really annoying, uh, especially when you're surrounded by people who are on vacation who aren't in a fucking hurry to get anywhere. Hurry, hurry, hurry! I have long been a proponent for legislation that says tourists must stay off the roads between a, uh, 7 and 9 a.m. and 4 and 6.30 p.m. Right. Um, or I don't think that's ever going to happen, but I can dream. <laughs> or build designated tourist lanes. That would be nice too. You know, <laughs> yes, it's lovely. Drive twenty-five miles an hour out of my way. <laughs> it's the blessing and the curse of living someplace like where I live. Um, I, I live in Michigan. I live in the uh, southwest, uh, say quadrant of the state. Um, so does liquid water freak you out? As, yeah, we we get it every once in a while. Every once in a while, um, but uh, we we get our more than our fair share of snow. Sorry, New York listeners, but I said it. Deal with it. Um, and it's it, it's not a big city. A, as far as uh, the area in which I live, it, it's considered like you know a moderate sized city, but uh, it's certainly not the state capital. It's not a city, if people are quizzed on what cities they've ever heard of in Michigan, this is not always one that's going to come up. Yes, we have, um, uh, who, I can't remember who it was that wrote the song, uh, I Got a Gal in Kalamazoo. But whoever wrote that song uh, must have known of us because it's, it's where I live. We have a funny sounding name. But there's not a whole lot else going for us. So it's nice that we don't get bogged down with tourists the way that other people do. For example, Rick, the way you do. But on the flip side, if I ever want to go to any sort of a convention that has any sort of celebrities that I want to see, I got to take a trip. Because they don't come here. Mm. I would say at best, I would have to drive an hour. To get to oh. to the nearest city that might get any sort of a convention, uh, more uh, more likely than not, it would be at least a two hour drive to get to Chicago or Detroit. Wow. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the big star at the last con I went to was John Reese Davies. So <laughs> <laughs> you gotta 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 go an hour away from here to get the big ones too. Some, <laughs> Unless some- you're into. Some, Unless you're into anime, then, then right. there's a big anime convention here in Tampa every year. Mm-hmm. Some people, when you say uh, John Reese Davies, some people will say Ah Gimli. Some other people who who like to show off their Sala, 
right, their nerd credentials will say Salah or, oh, um, uh, 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 large guy, what was on Sliders? I was going to say, if you know his name from Sliders, I'm signing off. <laughs> um, well, that's not where I know him from, but I know he was on it. Some people might might try to flex their geek muscles by citing that. I go to the next level. I say, ah, the first live-action Kingpin. Really? It was a made-for-TV movie for The Incredible Hulk. No shit. Yep. After the series was canceled, several years later, they came back with a TV movie called, I think, Return of the Incredible Hulk. Um, I don't know if there was any uh, uh, additional characters introduced into that one it, they that one might have been where they brought in thor wow that's I do remember that <laughs> yeah the the next one the next tv movie that they did for uh this is bill bixby's incredible hulk by the way with lou ferrigno playing the hulk and they had daredevil in the trial of the incredible hulk and with it being uh a, a film featuring Daredevil that had to have the kingpin, and they brought in John Reese Davies, beard and hair on his head included, to play the kingpin, <laughs> Wilson Fisk. Ah, oh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, back, you gotta love the, the, the 60s and 70s when actors are like, fuck what the character's supposed to look like. I'm, I mean, as much as I loved Cesar Romero as the Joker on the old 60s Batman, you know, he wouldn't shave his mustache, so they had to make up over it. <laughs> Uh, however, none of this has anything to do with Mira Furlan. <laughs> so let's talk about Dylan. Yes. You go first. Oh, why am I going first? This is supposed <laughs> to be your episode. Okay, fine. I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, it's it, it's hard to know exactly where to dive in when we're talking about this particular character. I'd love to dive into No, never mind. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> oh, he went there. He did it. Send your lo- send your letters to Scott Madison. <laughs> See, what you've done here is now we cannot say to her, here, listen to this episode to hear what we have to say about you, because that's going to ruin it all. Your mouth is talking. You might want to look to that. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I, got, I got distracted by a thing. So it, it's, hard to, it, it's hard to know where to start if you're going to have a discussion about the character of Delaine. Because she, being such a pillar of the story, we get views of <clears throat> of more aspects of her than we get of of most of the characters. Um, so, I, what is it that that you begin with? Do you talk about? <clears throat> pardon me the uh, the character uh, the the strength of character that she shows uh, throughout the series being. Uh, tough as nails, yet at the same time the most compassionate character in the main cast. Do we talk about how uh, she was uh, hilarious every time the script called for it? She evokes more emotion uh, and will tug at the heartstrings uh, more than almost anyone else on the show? Um, Or do we talk about the arc of the character in The Gathering? The characterization that we had there from the uh, no, notably androgynous Ambassador Delenn transitioning to the more feminine Ambassador Delenn to the first season, then becoming the human Minbari hybrid from the second season on, and continuing to change from there. 
it's hard to know where to start. So what you do is you just touch on all those aspects all at once, like I just did. You see how that sneakiness worked? I just mm-hmm. gave kind of a, kind of a, an overview there. Um, I'm going to toss it to you so I can sip my drink, and now you can talk. <laughs> well, I always love the fact that uh, pretty much every character on Babylon 5 would, I don't want to say bow to Delenn, but, you know, like, Malari and Jakar would would battle with each other all the time. And, you know, you could easily see Jakar telling Malari to fuck off and vice versa. Everybody listened when Delenn talked. And while, yes, that's, you know, a big part of the writing, uh, Furlan's performance, it, it was not bombastic by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but it was just this quiet authority, this, you know, it, I'm, I'm not describing it very well. Um, you know, when she would talk to Jakar or when she would talk to Malari, whether they wanted to, you know, whether they believed or wanted to hear what she had to say, they always listened. They would always treat her with respect. You know, I think the one woman on the entire station that that Jakar never <laughs> came onto was Delenn. It never felt forced. It never felt like, oh, the writers have said that, you know, you can't mouth off to her. So it, it just, it felt very real. And when she would start talking about, like, you know, like the quote I said at the beginning, um, you know, the Mimbari uh, mysticism, the way she portrayed it, it was not, it, it was not mysticism. It was fact. And her absolutely committed portrayal to the way Delenn believed was beautiful. And when she got angry, on the rare occasion that the character would actually get angry, like when she destroyed the Grey Council, mm-hmm. um, or that bit about, uh, you know, only one human has survived uh, an attack by a Mumbari fleet. He is behind me. You're in front of me. If you value your lives, be somewhere else. Uh, you know, on one level, it was kind of comical to hear that line coming out of little bitty Mira Ferlin. But on the other, but on the level of this is Delenn finally having enough. Uh, I, you know, you didn't doubt for a second that she was going to destroy the earth fleet if they didn't leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she could play that character. She could play every aspect of that character. And I think this is one of the great strengths of Babylon 5. Why are we talking about Babylon 5 so many years later? Is that none of the characters were just one thing. And I think Delenn exemplifies this almost more than anybody else because we see so many facets. No, no, Artemis, goddammit, get down. <coughs> Fucking cat. You are fired. I think a good way to uh, sum up what you're getting at is that through a combination of the writing and uh, and the performance for not just her character, but uh, but all the characters, um, it, it was always a mixture of the writing and the performance. But for Delenn, that mix gave us someone who who consistently carried a quiet authority. And an undeniable, I guess you can say, undeniable serenity that captured everyone's attention, both the characters 
that she was interacting with and the viewers at the same time. And it's not something that could be chalked up as um, a trait of the Minbari, because there are plenty of Minbari that when they speak, they don't carry that same weight. Um, Lanier, we would listen to him because we we liked him as a character. He was a little bit naive, yet still... uh, his capability was uh, head and shoulders above uh, most uh, most others, uh, especially his peers. But I, we we enjoyed his characterization on on many levels. But take for example the character of Narun. You almost wanted to tune out during the scenes when he was talking because he was so unlikable that everything almost sounded like blather and bluster when he would speak. Yet. In a conversation with Delenn, she would turn the whole thing around and she would be the, the reason that you watch the scene. And say, okay, yeah, Nerun is making some noise. Let's just wait for him to be done so we can hear how Delenn handles this one. And it would never disappoint. For our listeners who don't remember who Nerun is, and only for them, my, uh, who, who is Nerun? <laughs> <laughs> Well played. No one pick. No one will pick <laughs> up on that. Um, uh, Nerun, a member of the Minbari warrior caste, uh, oh, okay. often painted as an antagonist to uh, the Babylon Five crew. Um, is is he the one that tried to kill uh, Sinclair and uh, and then got the uh, you know the respect of one's enemy is the highest compliment or something like that? Yes. Is it that guy? Yes. That's okay. It. Okay. Uh, he he tried to. Um, I I can't specifically remember if he tried to kill Sinclair in the episode or just um, accuse him of stealing the body of an honored. Oh right, right, right. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. No one on the show had the um, the hypnotic power that Delenn had. At least not in the same way. Um, J- Jakar would always capture my attention, but for different reasons. It's almost difficult to describe the differences, but you get a different feeling when listening to Jakar. You don't listen to Jakar because you feel like you have to, because he's because you're drawn in in that way. You're listening to him because he, he's not captivating, he's compelling. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, one of the... The the Im- incredible strengths of Babylon Five is that, with a you know a couple of notable exceptions, the cast are phenomenal. Everybody brought their A game to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I think if if I had to pick the two that really stood above everyone else, it would be Mira Ferlin and Andreas Katsoulas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I mean I and and that's that's not taking anything away from. Uh, Peter Jurisic, or um, who played Garibaldi? I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh, that's uh, Jerry Doyle. Uh, Jerry Doyle, or Bruce Boxleitner, you know, or any 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 of the. Well, okay, I don't I don't think uh, that Stacy Scoggins is all that great, but Tracy, they didn't really Tracy, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think they gave her much to work with either. She was she was just a kind of filler anyway. Mm-hmm. She, in that season, she was a replacement. Yeah, yeah. Ninety nine percent of the cast were just amazing, but I I think that that Mira Ferlin would be at the top of the pyramid if if I were to you know even if we weren't just doing an episode about her, 
I, I think that she was the best of the best mm-hmm. of that show. Mm-hmm. I, th- this episode was actually designed to be about uh, Stephen First, who played Veer, uh, but <laughs> but Rick turned it into yeah, sure. Rick turned it into a show about Mira Furlan, so I had to go back and change a whole bunch of stuff in the beginning in post. <laughs> oh, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> ne- next episode, we should get uh, Stephen First. Yeah, we should we should get him good. on for an interview. Yeah, that should be our next yeah, that priority. Might be doable. So I, is there more that can really be said about the actress or the character other than uh, go and rewatch the series and and watch for her uh, key highlight moments, um, especially was um, uh, was was the title of the episode "Come the Inquisitor"? Is that what it was? It's the episode where Delenn is interrogated by and the, no, this is not a joke, Jack the Ripper, right. Right, that one. Um, that's a season one episode. No, no, no. She had hair, no. and oh. and Sheridan came to her rescue. That's right. Um, well, consult the article. <laughs> Comes the Inquisitor. Come, I, I've I left off an S. A very of. unfortunate name, actually. Yeah. Um, um, that if you want an episode that's going to show her range, then that is uh, definitely. Uh, a strong one to go for because I, it's, it sounds gruesome. It sounds ghoulish, but if you, if you want a good example of what an actor is capable of doing, then a brutal interrogation episode is always a good bet because if they're not capable of pulling it off, then you're going to see it there because you're going to remain uh, unconvinced. Uh, you'll not believe anything that's happening on the screen. But if they are good, if they're a performer on the top of their game, then that sort of an episode will will definitely showcase it for you. Another really good one is uh, Season 3, Episode 10, Severed Dreams, where she just totally tears the Grey Council a new one. Severed Dreams, where she where she essentially dissolves the Grey Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, was a, it was one of the Delenn gets pissed... And just, just crushes everybody around her. Yeah, that's uh, I, moments. I think that's where she breaks the staff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Or what we could do is we could just list oh every episode of the series in order and say watch that one, watch that one, watch that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, that's what we're doing, listeners. Uh, go back, watch the series again, and. This is a good excuse to watch the entirety of Babylon 5, season 1 through season 5, uh, what, eight times over? And each time, focus on a different character. Every every time we profile a character, then rewatch the entire series. Yep. <laughs> paying attention to that character. It won't take that long. It's only like, what, 100 hours? Yeah, no well, biggie. You know, given it, uh, the, the amount of time between episodes that we put out should be just about enough. Zing, but um, bum. <laughs> it's funny because he knows it's my fault. No, oh. <laughs> I could I could be more insistent. Mm. <laughs> I've been a little busy lately myself, so yeah, e- e- everybody has been. Um, 
that there are some listeners who haven't heard about this, but of course what we've heard from some listeners is that you don't want to hear about this. And that is, um, I have been, well, let's just say I've been doing some shopping for some jewelry, a very specific kind of jewelry that goes on a specific person's specific finger. And it means a very specific thing. Yes, this is happening. It's not a secret. Even if she does listen to this episode, which she might not even listen to, I don't even know, but it's not going to ruin a surprise. She knows it's coming, but yes, there will be an engagement announcement coming eh, before too long on this show. So yeah, I've been a little busy. And I just don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he just doesn't care. But you know what we're not too busy for? Is we're not too busy to lend a hand to other podcasts. Does this mean we're done talking about Mirror Furlin? Yes, I think it does, because I'm moving on I to think, other things. I, I think we've gushed enough, yeah. Yes. I'm moving on to other things, like helping out other podcasts. And what kind of podcasts do you think we're talking about? Well, how about Novo Babylonia? It is a Fiction Shed production basically an audio drama fan fiction that is continuing the story of Babylon 5. It takes place, I want to say, 25 years after uh, the end of the TV series. Um, I can't remember the exact, I know they give a year at the at the top of the show. I forget what it is. Uh, but the this podcast series centers around the character of David Sheridan, the son of uh, John Sheridan and Delenn. That's kind of a spoiler, I think. A spoiler for what? Babylon 5? Yeah, a little bit. Ah, hell with them. If you're listening this deep into our podcast and you haven't watched the whole series, then you don't deserve to be here. Yeah! By the way, Rick, how's, how's it coming on that season 5 viewing? I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> The character of David Sheridan on Novo Babylonia happens to find a Vorlon starship large enough to double as a space station. It is a space station starship that has been hidden and built in hyperspace. He finds bastards. Yes, he finds it. Uh, and through the course of the series, we learn that this ship was intended for a particular person. For a particular purpose, it becomes repurposed, and it, it's it's a very interesting take in several ways. The the uh, the main writer of the show, Tony Lunn, who also provides the voice of David Sheridan, that definitely knows his B five. He brings a lot of references from the original series, and uh, peppers them throughout the uh, the, the podcast. Uh, to definitely make it feel like part of the pre-existing narrative. Um, I, I think he does it in, in a lot of clever ways. Uh, the final episode of Novo Babylonia is being released. Breaking news, everyone. The final episode of Novo Babylonia has already been released. What did I mean when I said helping out other podcasts? Not just by giving them a plug, but... The creator of Novo Babylonia reached out to White Star 5, knowing of our show, and asked if we wanted to help out. So, if any of you folks want to go out and download 
uh, the entire run of Novo Babylonia, which runs for 20 episodes, average episode length, oh, 15 to 40 minutes, somewhere in there. You will hear a particular commander of a particular White Star, which happens to be called White Star 5. You will hear me as the commander of White Star 5, part of the White Star fleet, still in operation in the time that this story is set. It was a very brief part. It's not like I had much to do, but it was fun to lay down those lines of dialogue and send it off to them to put it in the show. And it's also very humbling to be able to be part of such a creative endeavor. It's not huge, it's not glitzy and glamorous, but it's made by people who love the story, who love this fictional universe, and it shows in the work that they're doing. It makes me want to create an audio drama of my own and bring in people to provide the dialogue for it and put it out in the same way. Uh, It's a fun show. It was fun to help them out. We appreciate their reaching out to us, and we want to get the word of this series now that it is uh, coming to an end. want to get the word out to as many people as possible to encourage them to make more series, Babylon 5 or otherwise, in the future. And if I'm not mistaken, and if I am, please cut this, uh, Ro Karen from the Starbase did some work for them a few years back. That is correct. I heard the episodes that she appeared on uh, last weekend when I was listening through the entire series. Uh, recognized her voice immediately. I would venture to say she probably did better than than I did uh, in her performance. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun hearing her... Um, portray a fictional character having listened to her for so long yet never being on a show with her ever really Mm -hmm. mm-hmm all of my appearances on the starbase have been episodes where uh uh, karen was not present oh we'll have to fix that (laughs) or (laughs) or could we be the same person you've never seen us in the same room you've never heard us on the same podcast (laughs) this is true i i I cannot deny either of those statements. (laughs) (laughs) So check it out, people. You can find it on iTunes. It is Novo Babylonia. It's a fun show. It was a a kick to be a part of it. Go listen, show them some love, and encourage them to uh, make more in the future. Rick, do you you have things to plug? I don't. Uh, Well, actually, that's not true. I do, now that I think about it. Um, I have a new show. Uh, Richard Smith, who is the Grand Poobah of Simply Syndicated, uh, and I have started a new podcast called Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots, uh, in which we are taking shows from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, watching an entire season of them, uh, not not just shows, science fiction shows, sorry, uh, and watching an entire season of them, and then giving our thoughts and opinions of said season. Our first episode has been released on the Simply Syndicated Network, and it is our discussion about season one of the twilight zone so uh if you are interested in anything i have to say which i'm not really entirely sure why uh but i appreciate it anyway please go check it out we had a lot of fun and listeners i will uh tell you from a from a fellow listener standpoint it's a very impressive episode uh for a a premiere episode of a new podcast series it's exactly what you want um I, I really dug that show, and not just because we saw the release of episode one centering on the Twilight Zone. I want to say two days after uh, Nikki and I sat down and watched the first episode of the Twilight Zone. 
Oh, really? Not that okay. we ha- not that we hadn't seen it before, but we were sitting down to dinner and we fired up the Netflix and we said, hey, hey, Twilight Zone, let's watch some Twilight Zone. So we did. Look for Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots available on Simply Syndicated, uh, Simply Everything, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and also available on Acast. I'm not going to go into that very much right now. Acast. Look it up. It's A-C-A-S-T. Acast. Check it out. Simply Syndicated has a presence, and it's kind of a big deal. Go seek out other podcasts starring Richard Smith and hear him talk some more about it. And I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Next time, which should be a shorter wait than it has been before. Um, Things are settling a little bit over here on the, the Michigan end of the production. So we should be able to get a little bit of a quicker turnaround time than, than previously. Uh, but hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my ragtime gal, send me a kiss, my I'm not even sure what that means. So, uh, the, <laughs> the next episode... Uh, we, if you get that joke, send your email to Rick Tatro. <laughs> emails to, to uh, whitestar5 at simplysyndicated.com if you get the joke. If you don't get the joke, send an email anyway, because... We want to hear from people. Next episode, we're going to have a bit of an overdue discussion, but it's okay because no new news has come since the announcement of the planned film reboot of Babylon 5, spearheaded by the B5 creator, J. Michael Straczynski. Reports are that he wants to make a big-budget film reboot of the series not a continuation but a full-on reboot he wants a script done by 2015 and they want to start production 2016 we are going to talk about that what do we know what do we not know what do we fear and what do we hope for that's gonna be next time on white star five but for this episode mira ferlin is awesome rick is awesome i'm okay Thank you, folks, for tuning in. Please check out Simply Syndicated and all the other wonderful shows here. Uh, shows such as Movies You Should See, Make It So, the Star Trek podcast that got most of us into this crazy business. Uh, ATW9K, uh, Nerd Hurdles, Masters of None, uh, take, it, <laughs> take It or Leave It. For those about to rock, do ask, do tell. I'm going to say bye-bye, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We love you. We need you. We will do anything for you. I'll come wash your car. Send me your address. I'll be right there. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of White Star 5. Past and future episodes are available at our blog, whitestar5.com, simplysyndicated.com, slash shows, slash whitestar5, soundcloud.com, slash white-star-5, or via iTunes, where you can leave us a review and help us become visible to more listeners. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash whitestar5, our Twitter feed, at whitestar5, or send us an email directly, whitestar5 at simplysyndicated.com. Beginning to talk just like a Vorlon. Oh, why, thank you. I...
I, I hear what you're saying. And uh, you, you and I will continue this conversation soon, but you want to hear something funny? I am, I'm recording a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> My co-host in Florida heard that O and began uh, laughing uproariously. So, well done. You have created laughter in Florida. There's a stinger.